1: head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. So on this occasion, what I'm going to talk about is something that a, a GP has written in to me about. And it was very gratifying to know that she was listening to the podcast found them very worthwhile and was recommending them to her patients so she was asking about was a couple of questions that probably related to her own potential fertility but that's fine and I hadn't covered them already so maybe I can help her and you in my answers so she asked about ovarian reserve. Now, I think we've talked about ovarian reserve in the past, and what we mean by ovarian reserve is basically the number of good eggs left in the ovary. Females start with millions of, of eggs in their immature state in their life inside their mother's uterus, and from that millions, there is a steady decline over the next 50 years to nothing. On that path, there is diminishing ovarian reserve as the numbers decline. Assessing ovarian reserve has had its strong advocates, but also its strong critics. What does it mean? And this is the problem. There is wide variation between women, but their fertility rate is not different. More important is not their ovarian reserve, but their actual age. So a woman with lower numbers of eggs at 33 does not stand a lower chance of getting pregnant in the next 12 months than a 33-year-old with a higher ovarian reserve. So why do we bother measuring ovarian reserve? Well, it does give us some hint as to when menopause might be coming. There is evidence that if you have a low AMH at 30, then it's more likely you're going to have menopause by the age of 45 than a woman at 30 who's got a high AMH. If you've got a very low AMH, it may mean that menopause will come before the age of 40. In that situation, potentially getting on and getting pregnant is going to be very important, rather than sitting and waiting. There are two ways of assessing ovarian reserve. The first is a high-resolution 3D ultrasound undertaken by a skilled ultrasonographer. They look at the ovaries and they look for the little follicles, little black holes basically, inside the ovary. They're usually only 2 or 3 millimetres in size, but what they represent are the semi-mature, not the immature, but the semi-mature eggs that are coming through in a cohort that will, over the next 24, 28 days, will grow and probably die, apart from the one dominant follicle that produces the egg. And so doing an antral follicle count, it's called, doing an antral follicle count, AFC, in the first days of the menstrual cycle, will give us some indication of ovarian reserve. And what we want to see is at least 10 of these little follicles in each ovary. With new technology, maybe it's as many as 20. But certainly if you see less than 5, one is concerned there may be low ovarian reserve. The other way of testing ovarian reserve is a... Is a substance called anti malarian hormone AMH and this is derived from the cells of those little antral follicles so obviously the more antral follicles you have the higher level of the AMH but as I said earlier there's wide variation in women and there is some variation from time to time There appear to be other factors like being on the pill that might suppress AMH levels. Measuring either, really the only major significance of their use is actually once you decide or your doctor decides that you should have IVF. Because what we do know is that the level of AMH is very predictive of the response to the stimulating hormones Those stimulating hormones, FSH, are what drive the ovary to produce more eggs. But if there are not many eggs there, you need a bigger dose of medication to maximise the response. Also, if the AMH level or the AFC count is very high, we would be nervous about even giving a normal dose because we might get too many eggs and cause hyperstimulation syndrome. So AMH and AFC are useful in IVF. But not particularly useful at any other time. And certainly in predicting fertility in a spontaneous manner, probably are not very useful at all. The question that my GP raised was if an AFC is normal, is there any point in doing an AMH? And the answer to that is no. That an AFC, a normal AFC means we can manage your fertility in a normal way and we can manage your IVF cycle in an appropriate way. So I either do an AFC or an AMH, personally I think a simple blood test is in fact a little bit easier than than an ultrasound, although there is the advantage with the ultrasound of seeing more than just the number of little follicles. It can pick up other pathology like endometriomas with endometriosis or fibroids in the uterus So there is extra value in doing a pelvic ultrasound. But just in terms of determining the ovarian reserve, AMH probably is the way forward. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu.